2: Eleven ten and ninety WBT. Brett Jensen here with you on this miserable rainy night, Thursday night on Breaking with Brett Jensen. We're going up until eight o'clock as we always do. 704-570-1110. And guys, make sure you follow me on X at Brett underscore Jensen for all the latest and breaking news in and around the Charlotte area. And I will just tell you that I'm working on some pretty big stuff. Like it's 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 good stuff and it's pretty big. So hopefully over the next few days or so early into next week it'll all come to fruition So anyways um, got a lot going on and I want to start off with about oh it was somewhere around noon because I was in the vet ER with Maggie when I got started getting all the you know the alerts that the Panthers um, are reportedly they haven't, I don't know if they've even officially announced it, but the reports started coming out from Ian Rappaport, who works for the NFL Network, who, which is owned by the NFL. So, you know, put two and two together there. So, sort of saying that the Panthers are going to hire head coach Dave Canales. Now, Dave Canales, a little bit of background. I'm not going to go into, like, all craziness and start reading his resume, but it's, it's a pretty interesting story. And that he was, like, calling plays in high school, you know, he was a newlywed, and then he was working at a small college, maybe even a junior college for a while, and then became, like, a low-level coach um, at University of Southern California back in the mid-2000s. And that job, you know, the head coach then, Pete Carroll, left to go to Seattle Seahawks, left college to go to pros. Well, at that moment, they were trying to figure out, all right, he and his wife – had the sit-down. What are we going to do? Are we going to continue my path and goal and dreams of trying to be a coach, a football coach? Or are we, am I going to say, you know what, we need to start over and do something different? They decided to stay. And then a couple of months later, Pete Carroll called him and said, hey, do you want to come to the Seattle Seahawks and be the wide receivers coach? So he was the wide receivers coach in Seattle for quite a while. And then he became like quarterback's coach and passing game coordinator, and he helped revive Geno Smith. Geno Smith was someone that had been basically out of the public eye in the world of NFL for nearly a decade. He was considered a massive first-round draft pick bust, and he had just been a journeyman and bounced around as a backup second- and third-string quarterback his entire career, And then Dave Canales becomes his coach after Russell Wilson leaves. And then he's so good, Geno Smith is so good, that he wins the comeback player of the year, and he gets awarded a big, fat contract. And he'd worked miracles with Geno Smith that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go, hey, do you want to come down here as offensive coordinator? Because we got this guy, Baker Mayfield, who seems to suck. Look what he did last year with Carolina. Look what he did the year before, you know, a couple years prior to that with Cleveland. Like, maybe you can work magic with Baker Mayfield like you did Geno Smith. What did he do? He worked magic. Baker Mayfield became a tolerable quarterback, a decent quarterback, got him to the second round of the playoffs, right? Just lost this past weekend at Detroit. And because of what he needs to do or what he's been able to do with quarterbacks, others are hiring him or others are interested in him. Now, here are a few things that you need to know about Canales. He's uh, of Mexican heritage. And so in case some people want to play the, you know, the racism card, well, he's Mexican, Mexican heritage. So that throws that out of the window. The other thing is that During the interviews, it's been reported that David Tepper is asking all the people. I think they did nine interviews, initial interviews, or nine different people, and then they narrowed it down. But supposedly and reportedly, things that David Tepper is asking is, can you fix Bryce Young? Apparently that's one of the questions. How can you get the most out of Bryce Young? What can you do? And they like the fact that what he did with Geno Smith— they like the fact what he did with Baker Mayfield, so now they're hoping he can do the same thing with Bryce Young. Now granted, Bryce Young's only been in the NFL 1 year and he had the one of the worst offensive lines and he had no wide receivers. So it's not exactly it's not exactly like even like even the likes of Tom Brady would be struggling with this particular offense. And it was the lowest-scoring offense in the NFL this year, by the way, in case you were not aware. And they had the fewest amount of yards per play in the NFL, in case you were not aware. So technically, the worst offense in the NFL this past year, your Carolina Panthers. Now, somebody said, Brett, I don't like the fact that nobody else interviewed him. Not a problem at all. Not an issue at all. And here's why. The San Diego Chargers only had a couple people in mind. Or, excuse me, the L.A. Chargers. They only had a couple people in mind. They landed Jim Harbaugh, the coach out of Michigan. Then you have... The Washington Commanders. They've interviewed a few people, but they have zeroed in from day one on the Detroit Lions offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson. So they knew they weren't going to do that. Seattle hasn't interviewed many people because they're looking for a veteran head coach. And then you look at, uh, who else am I missing here? Oh, Atlanta. Atlanta's brought in brought in Harbaugh twice, and they brought in Belichick twice, and they wound up hiring um, uh, the the uh, the kid out of or the, the he's the defensive coordinator with the LA Rams. They Rudy hired him Morris. today. They hired him today. So yeah, um, so that is a veteran guy. The trend has been we're going to hire offensive-minded, young, up and coming supposed offensive geniuses, gurus. And, well, has that really worked? Well, it worked with the L.A. Rams with Sean McVay. It's worked with the Indianapolis Colts, what they did this year. It's worked with, uh, I believe, uh, Cincinnati Bengals. It worked with the Minnesota Vikings. It worked with the Miami Dolphins. It's, you know, the Arizona Cardinals were a lot better this year than they've been in the past, or than what anyone thought they were going to be this year. Young, offensive-minded head coach. So they're high, these teams are hiring young, offensive-minded. Matt LaFleur, the Green Bay Packers, he was young. So this is the trend. This is the trend. And a lot. most of your successful teams have young, offensive-minded head coaches who like to draw up gadgets and scheme and do everything else, be a mad scientist, if you will. So good for the Panthers for hiring him because – Every NFL pundit person that I see covers the NFL, every person or a lot of people that are aware of him gave, gives the new head coach glowing reviews. And in Rappaport, the, the, one of the biggest NFL reporters called it a quote, big, no, called it a huge, a huge get, a huge get, a huge hire for the Carolina Panthers. And if you remember not too long ago, if you're keeping up with this, even if you don't follow football, you're hearing, who would want to work for David Tepper? Anyone that's interested in making $6 million, $7 million a year, that's who would work for David Tepper. That, that's who would be interested. So I never bought into that, oh, no, they're not going to get anybody. No, they could have offered the job to a multitude of people, and they probably would have all, not all, but most of them would have taken the job. So now you've got your GM, Dan Morgan. Hire within, and now you've got your head coach, Dave Canales. I will go out on a rather thick limb and say this. If Dave Canales can't work well with Bryce Young... By the time Bryce Young's third year is over, or by the time next year is over and Bryce Young's not showing any improvement, the Panthers will probably draft a quarterback in two years. It doesn't matter because Bryce Young's not making any money anyway, so it's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a hit to the salary cap. So Bryce Young, because people get rid of quarterbacks early, they move on early now because they're not costing anything. They move on early. The Bears almost moved on from Justin Fields, decided to keep him one more year. They're going to move on from him this year. They're going to draft a quarterback number one overall with the Carolina Panthers pick. So, Bryce Young, you're on the clock, big boy. It's time to put up or shut up. You'll get a grace because it's a new offense and everything else. And, of course, a lot of it will depend on what wide receivers and offensive line you have that Dan Morgan can get you. But... If you start struggling and things do not go well, I could totally see in April of 2025 the Carolina Panthers drafting a quarterback in the first round. Totally believe it. All right, when we come back, let's take a listen. We're going to talk to Scott Hamilton, I should say. Scott Hamilton was down at Charleston last night covering the Nikki Haley rally. So we're going to talk to him when we return. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen. We're going up until 8 o'clock. All right, so last night, Nikki Haley and her fledgling um, and wailing and flailing campaign made a stop in her home state of South Carolina where she used to be governor. She was down in Charleston last night, and I will be brutally honest with you. I know very, very little about this because I've been dealing with the last 24 hours with my dog, Maggie, and spending in ERs all day today with my dog. So, this is why we have Scott Hamilton on, who was down there last night. So, Scott, let me start with the basics. Was this at the North Charleston Coliseum? Where was this held at last night?
0: It was at a convention center um, not too far from the airport. Uh, It's part of the uh, Embassy Suites Complex, I believe. I mean, it's pretty good. It was a pretty good place. It was a big, big ballroom. Uh, they fit a lot of people in there and they fit a lot of media in there, so uh, the facility was good.
2: Well, good, good. Well, alright, so the question is, was it like a, like a standing room only? Were there empty seats, empty chairs? What was it like?
0: I, I don't think they would allow any empty seats, you know, because of the perception. Uh, it, I mean, it was full. It was full. And you know how it is, Brett. They'll They have the stage, the candidate comes on the stage, then they'll have people seated, in front, which they, everybody was standing, they had chairs, but everybody was standing. And then it's roped off in the back for the TV platforms. And then there's a little bit of um, there, there's a little bit of space with tables for print media and so on and so forth. So, I mean, they made the most of the space. I mean, you, there was a good crowd. It was a good crowd. It was a very diverse crowd. Um, a lot of different ages, a lot of different genders, a lot of different races. Um, and they were very enthusiastic you know they're trying to they're trying to find momentum in defeat in new hampshire and that's that's basically what last night's mission was about
2: well i'm curious because and, and i'm i'm sure that you were maybe talking to some other reporters either locally or even or maybe a couple of national ones because that's what reporters do we just talk and talk and talk to other reporters trying to glean information curious were you able to talk or just hear anything not from the local side, because I mean, you know, the, the Charleston TV stations, which I know you know some of those reporters, but I mean, I'm just curious of what people think from the national side of this, who is covering. Her. Were there a lot of national, first of all, I guess, were the national media there covering her? And two, if they were there, were you able to talk to any of them?
0: yeah, yeah, one of the outlets, there was, there was a lot of national media there. See uh, c-span actually streamed it, um, which I you know I think that's cool. C-span's cool. Yeah. I spoke to a couple of reporters, um, spoke to one from the hill, and then I spoke to one, I'm trying to remember which outlet. and And the general consensus is this the 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 thing that she has to try to overcome in South Carolina is, are these damning endorsements from other politicians in south carolina uh, governor henry mcmaster senators tim scott and uh... lindsey graham them siding with trump especially at this early, you know, it's, there's only been two states that we've had elections for so far, for them to go ahead and align themselves with Trump so solidly, they don't know how she can overcome that, especially with a guy like Tim Scott. and Nikki Haley was so influential in him getting his start in politics and rising to the position that he has now, and him going out on stage the other night, basically smiling like a Cheshire cat behind Trump after giving his endorsement. They... They don't know if she can overcome that inside of her own state.
2: We talked with Scott Hamilton from the WBT newsroom, who was down in Charleston last night covering the Nikki Haley uh, rally, and he's talking with us now about what was going on behind the scenes of the Nikki Haley rally. So you, you bring up a good point. Most politicians will not endorse someone during a primary. Like they, they just like they just stay out of it, and then they go from there. But you know McMaster endorsing. The Tim Scott thing doesn't surprise me because he ran for, he decided he was going to run for president for about three weeks and then he pulled out. Um, But, you know, and there's all this talk that uh, Donald Trump may pick him as a vice president. So I I get the Tim Scott thing. The Henry McMaster thing surprises me a little bit considering that he's a governor and she's a former governor. What was the mood? if If you talk to some people, people there who were there to specifically see her, what's their mood about the Nikki Haley in this whole election thing?
0: They're they're positive. I mean, they still say she can win this thing. They still say that she can she can beat Donald Trump. And it's I, you know, I, look, they're so loyal that you you have to admire them on one hand, but on the other hand. You get a sense that they keep telling themselves that this is still doable, that this thing isn't over. And, you know, maybe they're right, Brett. Maybe they're right. Uh, you and I, we're not experts. We, we talk to people who are experts, and they still say she has a chance, but it's a extremely slim chance. doesn't look great right now. And it, it'll basically come down to South Carolina for her. If she yep. cannot win South Carolina at the end of next month, uh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And she, and she she's hanging her hat on, on three, in key, three points, Brett. One, her age, she's significantly younger than both Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Two, her age will also allow her to serve multiple terms. She's yeah. already talking about that. And three, that polling right now shows that she is actually... Um, according to polling, more capable of beating Joe Biden in November, more capable of winning in November. And that's the message that she keeps driving home. If she if you want a Republican in the White House, I am your best chance. And she kept saying that over and over and over without really coming out and exactly saying that.
2: Well, and like if you look at the mathematics from New Hampshire the other night, that would seem to say so, because I want to say it was 73 percent, something like that of all independent voters that voted voted for her now some will say well those are really democrats i got news for you like independent voters are not democrat like they're not all democrat voters i mean they're just not they're people who are truly on the fence who vote for their conscience and vote for the person not for the party so i mean you don't win the presidential election without winning the independent votes so in some ways she's 100 percent right and i've also said scott the moment that Donald Trump or Joe Biden takes office, regardless of which one, they immediately become lame ducks because each one can only serve one term.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. And what's the term, Brett, for for the people that? What are they? Convertible or something like that? When 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 you can make that independent go one way or the other. Yep, I think they the convertible. Whoever can whoever can reach that demographic, those people, the most. Those are the ones who are going to be more successful.
2: All right. So Nikki Haley trying to pull a last, you know, pull out a rabbit out of her hat, just like Joe Biden did in 2020, because without South Carolina's win, Joe Biden never becomes president because that's what propelled him in the in the primary. So it'll be interesting to see if she can win in South Carolina or if because if she loses, then I don't know if there's any reason to go into Super Tuesday on March 5th. Now, the thing
0: to keep an eye on, and and even if you're only a casual observer of politics, but you like it when it gets dirty because you have this kind of sick fetish, South Carolina, notorious notorious for running no-holds-barred campaigns, uh, dirty tricks, all kinds of stuff. I mean, we're talking about anonymous phone calls to voters right. and saying awful things. It's going to be pretty compelling theater there the next few weeks, especially with all the stuff coming out, or resurfacing, not coming out, resurfacing, about uh, people who accused her of having extramarital affairs before she was governor and this, that, and the other. There's no telling what we hear over the next three or four weeks.
2: Scott Hamilton from the WBT Newsroom, who covered the Nikki hilly uh rally last night in charleston i really appreciate your time bud
0: hey pray for that dog brother how's she doing
2: uh well we'll we'll get into that in a little bit we're we spent a lot of days a lot of time at the yard ER today but i appreciate you asking thanks buddy yeah.
0: all right you right.
2: welcome back to breaking with brett jensen going up until eight o'clock Gives us about, oh, 24 minutes from now. 704 1110 And guys, follow me on X at Brett underscore Jensen for all the latest and breaking news, because I am working on some some pretty significant stuff that you're going to be want to definitely pay close attention to. Um, hopefully in the next, hopefully by Tuesday, maybe, hopefully, maybe. We'll see. Um, all right want to jump in real quick on something, um, a couple things, actually. All right, so next Wednesday, the 31st, is the District 8 debate, and it's sold out, although that's the wrong term because the tickets were never on sale. You just had to register, and I think people are trying to grab as many as they can. People are grabbing 10 at a time, which is unbelievable to me. Um, I mean, I know I'm going to be there, but do you really need to grab 10 at a time? You know, I mean, what are you going to do? Hawk, put them on eBay and sell them? Like Ticketmaster? Like, what are we doing here? But, anyways, um, but it is sold out. And, but that's not that big of a deal. Why? Because you can actually listen to it live as it happens in person right here on WBT during my show. And it's going to be a 90 minute debate. 90 minutes. And if you've heard the commercials, that Bo and Beth are going to be the moderators. And then you're going to have the other, uh, the rest of us, me and Garrison and Winnable, Vince and Callender asking the questions. So, and I will tell you this, I don't think we're going to discuss what questions we're going to ask with one another. So you better come up with a whole list of them, because if people start asking your questions, then you're SOL. You're going to have to think of something on the fly. So I think that we'll be okay with that. All right. So let me give you some updates on mags. So Maggie, the golden retriever, 14 14 years, and I want to say eight months. 14 years, eight months, and one day, if I'm going to be exact. She has not been doing well. And we went to the vets the last couple of times. And if any of you, you know, listen to me on a regular basis, you know that like even back in June, last year, June, she would have this thing where she wouldn't eat. Then we got it solved, but it was like a real thing, like a really, really big thing. And we weren't sure what was going on. And then they believe it was the kidney disease. And so she's been eating kidney food, and things have been going great. And she's been going to her water f- water physical therapy every week. Everything's going great, smooth sailing. And then all of a sudden, about two and a half weeks ago, three weeks ago, I guess about two and a half weeks ago, she got out of nowhere diarrhea. Out of nowhere. Lasted for a couple of days. I gave her an emodium, cleared it up and about that time her appetite started waning a little bit for the first time like i said in a couple months and then she got it again like a week later diarrhea again gave her another modium she hasn't had it since but after that it was when blood started showing up and when she would use the bathroom and so but not not a lot not a great deal it's not like like streams or anything like that it was just just a slight tint so we've done all these checkups, done everything and things like yesterday. And it's gotten to the point where I have all this medicine that I feed her to make her want to eat. And, um, and I'm like just shoving it down her throat trying to get her to eat. And she just won't eat. She'll eat her dog treats. She just won't eat her specialized kidney dog food, by the way, which costs $10 a day to feed her. That's why I tell you all the time, pet insurance, petinsurance.com. I don't get paid. I don't get endorsed. I'm just trying to help fellow pet owners out. So anyways, um, so the, my regular vet said, look, we're going to try. We, she needs to get an ultrasound. Maybe there's something going on with her GI, something going on. So they set up a specialist, and the specialist says, hey, we can see you on February 7th. And this is verbatim my exact quote yesterday. At this rate, she won't last until February 7th. You can't live if you don't eat. That's exactly like what I said. And they said, well, we do allow it walk-in emergencies. But you, ha- in order to get to this specialist, you have to be referred to them by your vet. They said, but we know we do allow. I said, all right. They said, you got to be there between nine and three o'clock. So I showed up, I don't know, like 1130, 1145 today. Because I'm just going to do a walk-in emergency ultrasound. And they're like, hey, our ultrasound specialist isn't here today because um, like his child or his daughter is not feeling well. She stayed home from school, so he had to stay home with her. Well, of course. So, they did take her in the back, and um, an ER doctor looked at her, and they did a basic ultrasound, found no masses, but they didn't do, like, the really in-depth ultrasound to see what's going on with the stomach and the kidneys and the intestines and everything else. So, um, so they said, look, just come back Monday, be here at noon. I was like, all right, that's fine. So, Maggie and I are going to go back Monday, and... I thought about giving her more appetite-enhancing and inducing medicine today. And I didn't. I said, well, let me try something that, A, she's not supposed to have because she's on a special kidney diet. But, B, anything's better than nothing at this point. So I had some uh, ground beef. I had a pound of ground beef in the freezer. Thought it out. Boiled it and um, put it in front of her. She ate the hell out of it, like licked the bowl clean. You could tell she was hungry. And then she would go over to her regular dog food. This is all at 5 o'clock tonight. She'd go to her regular dog food bowl with her kidney food in it and just stand over it and stare at it, like in a deep trance, like she's debating, do I really want to eat this garbage or not, and just staring at it and grunting Like she's pissed off that the food's there and she ate all her pound of hamburger she just stared at it and then she took a little nibble looked at me and then just walked away like really pissed off so but that's where we are now like i said i can't the beef is just a very very short term because she can't have the beef she can't have protein she has to be low sodium it has to be um, a special medicated dog food That is a prescription only. you can only buy with a prescription. And so I've tried everything. As a matter of fact, yesterday, true story, trying to get her to eat anything, I put out six different types of dog food in six bowls in front of her, hoping that she would eat one. And it was a full can in six different bowls. She ate a half a can of one of the bowls and didn't touch the rest of it. Didn't touch any of them. And would go there and just stare. She would go from bowl to bowl to bowl and just stare. Oh, not eating this one. Let me go to the next bowl. Nope, not eating that one. So that's where we are. But right now, they, th- the vet did tell me today, she goes, Brett, you just need to start preparing yourself in case the ultrasound picks up something that's not good. You just need to prepare yourself. And I said, well, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Fourteen years, eight months, and one day. And I've had her all but four days since I moved back to Charlotte in 2009. And um, as Pat Cotham, the county commissioner, once said to me about six months ago, Brett, do you realize you have the most famous dog in North Carolina? Because I talk about her. And you guys are always really kind and sending me emails or calls and asking how Maggie's doing. And so I appreciate that. So you guys understand with all the gruffness and where I can be just, you know, spit fire sometimes and take no prisoners when it comes to my dog there's a massive massive soft side so anyways but that's the latest update with my dog and mags we'll know more on monday when we have the full 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 in-depth ultrasound
1: life is full of things to manage your work your family your plans and your treatment consider kesimpta ofatumumab 20 milligram injection you can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
2: Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen, going up until 8 o'clock. Got about, five more minutes or so, five and a half more minutes. All right, so um, just broke everything down with you guys from Maggie, and I forgot to tell this part, and it was brought up during the break, and I was like, oh, that's exactly what the vet said. So the vet even suggested on Tuesday, "Is like, hey – You know, it's not scientifically proven, but some people enjoy it or think it works, whatever. Um, CBD for dogs. So maybe that's something that I'll have to look into. And if any of you, I know we've only got five minutes, but if any of you have ever ever used CBD oil or CBD gummies for dogs, uh, let me know if you guys have used that. Uh, And if so, where the hell do I get it? But we go to Ronnie, who's been waiting patiently through the break. Ronnie, thanks for calling. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, Brad. I was going to tell you about the prescription food. I own a pet feeding company, and is this Hill's prescription?
2: No, um, we we try. We've gone through all of them, and the only okay. prescription dog food she'll eat—the only one—we've gone through Pur- Purina and everything else. Um, the only one that she'll eat is Royal Canine.
1: Okay, I hate all those. So anyhow, uh, the reason I'm saying this—if uh, you do, you warm it. It's a, a do you warm it up before you give it to her?
2: I have not. I've, as a matter of fact, I've never, I've never given her warm food, I don't think, in my entire life.
1: I warm uh, the dogs who are on it now, even Royal Canin, uh warm it up. Just put a little bit of warm water in it because that's comfort food for them. Stir it up and use your, I know they're not supposedly to have the, the chicken or the beef but i take a little bit of organic beef or organic chicken and just sprinkle a little bit on top and that makes them want to eat the whole thing
2: yeah she's got the um like i said this has been something that she and i have been battling on since june and she was doing this way before she was put on kidney disease food. Like, this has been right. an, a never-ending thing since June. So it's just she'll eat for two but weeks. Eat. Like, she was at one point, she would eat ground beef, and then she wouldn't eat ground beef anymore. And then she got to the point where I was boiling chicken, she'd eat chicken, and then after two weeks, she wouldn't eat chicken anymore. So, I mean, this, is, this has been going nonstop. stop. Right,
1: this is just kind of sprinkling it on top, yeah. but it has to be warm
2: to yeah, The Yeah, she the problem is once she decides she doesn't want to eat anything, she won't eat it. Like ever again, ever again, uh, and so and that's I the problem. That's that's the problem. Like not, that's why I had. I I want to say in like three months I bought something like maybe, and I'm not joking, six hundred dollars worth of different types of dog food.
1: Right. Like, I can understand.
2: So there and now she's a on a prescription. Vet so so in yeah. And Charlotte
1: an that I go to that people fly in from other places to see. It's Charlotte naturalist. He's a regular vet, Doctor Shack. He's a regular vet, but he has helped more people's animals, and he knows everything about every food.
2: Well, I appreciate the phone call, Ronnie. Thanks for listening. Yeah, you know, right now, like I said, we're going to go to an internal specialist to see what's going on there, um, because that that is the next step. I mean, that's I I need someone who can say, okay, this is what's going on. This is what the ultrasound says. I I need. I don't need. You Know whether it's holistic or whatever, and I'm not saying that vet is, I'm just saying in general, I, I need to know what's going on and I want k- solid, concrete evidence of what's going on with the dog. And if they can't find it, then we'll, we'll go from there and we'll readjust and, and move on and continue to try different things. Whether it's because uh, she's 100% pure healthy, we got her blood work back last week, everything is perfect. We She just is not eating, and they think it's maybe something internally with the gastrointestinal. So, I don't know. Well, like I said, we'll find out on Monday. I can tell you one thing. It ain't cheap. It ain't cheap. And that's why I say get the pet insurance. Like, Maggie is $140 a month because she's so expensive uh, or because she's so old. But, you know, even when she was 10 years old, her pet insurance was only $43 a month. And that's with a low deductible of $250 annually, as well as getting 90% reimbursement. You can get 100% reimbursement, you can do a $1,000 a year deductible, you can do zero deductible, like, just like you can your own health insurance. You can do whatever it is you want, but so we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, so tomorrow, I want to give everyone a programming note. I will be doing two hours tomorrow, that is on Friday, from 6 to 8. I'm coming on an extra hour earlier tomorrow. I'm taking over Brett Winnable's show. I told him that I was tired of him having four hours, and I wanted an extra hour. So for one day only tomorrow, I'm doing two hours from 6 to 8 p.m., and then um, and then we'll go from there. But, um, but Brett will be back to his full regular time slots on Monday from uh, 3 to 7. And But tomorrow, I am doing it from 6 to 8. All right, everyone. So, look, stay dry out there. Stay boned up. I think it's supposed to rain a little bit tomorrow and then all over again on Saturday. So stay dry. And until tomorrow night, starting at 6 p.m., I'm Brett Jensen, and you've been listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen.